This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so honoured and privileged to welcome to our global audience today somebody that I've been following for at least two years because without a a shadow of a doubt she was definitely one of the first people that I noticed that was sharing videos and really focusing on content marketing is a formidable business owner and thought leader and I'm so beyond excited to welcome to you today. This is Stella Petru Concha, and she's the CEO of Rio Group. She's an author. She's also on the board of the University of Technology. I might have got that wrong, but she'll say it right in a minute. And also the chair of 2020 Exchange. So welcome to you today, all the way from Australia. Stella, how are you? Thank you, Leisha. I'm good. What an intro, my goodness. When you hear that record back to yourself, you think, no, that's not me. Like, I'm just me. I'm just. <laughs> also, I forgot to say, you know, serial entrepreneur, but you're also mum and looking very glamorous at the end of your day in your beautiful pearl necklace. For those who are not joining us on YouTube, you look gorgeous. Thank you, Lisha. Special for you. Oh, that, I feel very honoured. I really do. And we have to do a shout out, don't we? Because we got introduced by our mutual connection and our wonderful sponsor, Vincheri, Eloise. So, how do you know, Eloise? Well, we've just recently integrated Vincere into our business. So we're about six months in. So we're still rookies and learning, um, but enjoying the journey. I bet you are. That's wonderful. Well, look, like I say, I wanted to get you on this show for a very long time. And I'm so thrilled that you joined us today. And we're talking about something that off camera we know is going to be a bit of a minefield because it's something that talks about, it's definitely one of the words or one of the phrases of 2022 from, from my perspective as a rector, which is, all about hiring on values and it's all about purpose-led leadership so for you why do you think hiring on values is so important for leaders to think about um i actually don't believe in values believe it or not i believe in behaviors so um so i think it's i think if you say values to someone they get really confused by what that means um values often um are characterized by you know large words like collaboration but we don't really understand what collaboration might mean at a behaviour level. Um, So I think first and foremost, that if we're organising our culture around values, that potentially we might be running into some challenges if we can't very clearly articulate what are the behaviours that uh, create those values. So, um, for example, uh, we we have a behaviour called We Seek Growth. And we've got a series of behaviours that we describe what growth looks like. And um, I really believe in giving people the framework of behaviours, which is above the line and below the line. So when they come into your organisation and you say, we really want you to lead the behaviour or the value of growth, we'll actually know what you mean. Because growth for you is really different to growth to someone else. We all come from different cultures, from different eras, from different religions. So if you just use these bold words like values, you're bound to get yourself into trouble and you're bound to lead uh, people without clarity. 
So, so how's that for the start? I don't know, yeah, believing values. No, I agree with you. And, I, and actually, I'm really pleased that you said that big words like collaboration because it's it's sort of glorified speech, isn't it? For what does it actually mean? You know, I, yeah. I, I'll speak to leaders all, all the time, as I'm sure you do, where they'll say, you know, we want someone who's got integrity. We want someone who collaborates. And it's like, but what does that actually mean? So you, you're absolutely right. You've actually simplified it and clarified yeah. that we're talking about behaviours. So that's, so from a, from you as a leader, what, what has your experience been on successfully recruiting on behaviours? Talk a little bit about Rio Group, what you do, and then how you assess somebody on those behaviours, because I think we can learn a lot from how you do it, Stella. We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Um, I, I think first and foremost, you know, what we've done is we've created a framework of behaviours that we believe are the right behaviours for our organisation that will essentially get us to our purpose because obviously culture enables purpose or culture enables goals and, and vision and purpose. So it's a framework. So we've been able to define what absolutely leading looks like, what being above the line looks like, below the line. And, you know, the line for us is if you're above the line, you get to stay. If you're below the line, you're not part of the team. So if, if you can define what that looks like, what, what it means is that you can create consistency in the behaviours of your people. Because every, you know, Monday morning meeting or every one-on-one, -on -one, it comes back to behaviours at the end of the day. The other thing is, is that behaviours should drive goals. So um, if we look at KPIs or your lead on lag metrics in a recruitment agency, you know, often one of the behaviours that leads to that is accountability. Okay, I'm accountable. So rather than going, did you do your candidate calls today? Did you do your client calls today? Oh, you didn't. You're in trouble. We actually go, well, look, accountability is one of our main behaviours. This is what accountability looks like. It means coming to work on time. It means answering the calls of your candidates. It means returning. It means logging your data. It means hitting your KPIs. This is what it looks like. Let's have a look at how you're manifesting the behaviours of accountability in your role. So the framework itself gives you the guardrails for your culture, it gives you the guardrails for your management team to actually manage their people. So that's the first thing. The second thing you asked is how do you hire to it? Is that what you asked? Is, is what? How do you hire to yeah. your value? How, you hire to, how have you hired on those behaviours then? How do you measure that in an interview? Uh, I'll give you like a really easy one. Okay. One of our behaviours is we seek growth. So we believe at Rio that growth only happens when you fail. So we believe that failure and growth are symbiotic in nature. You can't grow unless you're failing. We know that. So we ask a question in our interview. We say, so tell us about your biggest failure in life. Wow. How, what happened? How did you recover from that? What did you learn from that? And we assess things like stress tolerance, agility, ability to bounce back, 
and we test that we seek growth. Because if they say to us, you know, I haven't really failed in my life, mm. we, it probably means that they don't have that at a behaviour level and well, therefore coming in. Either, you know, to say that, I mean, I think that's really interesting. I can't remember ever having a process where someone had asked that question, but actually it says a lot more about somebody. How have you overcome a, a really bad thing that's happened? Adversity. Adversity, yeah. that strand. Now it's interesting because when you said growth, I presumed you meant in some kind of financial protection. You're talking about as a human being, the growth element. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Growth mindset, I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. And, and actually it's, I think I imagine that the people that work for you because you've focused on that, they can, because you're showing vulnerability then, aren't you? And so yeah. you're creating a much more open, honest culture, which again is what we, you talked about at the very start which is why behaviors is important so talking as a leader and obviously a lot of our audience are leaders like yourself right across the globe you know whether it's a sort of one two person business or a massive scale business with thousands of employees what for you what's purpose-led mean because you said the whole reason we do behavioral sort of focus on behaviors is it, it helps you then achieve your purpose so what exactly do you mean by that well most organizations have a purpose or a vision mm. Um, and a mission, which is how they get to their vision or their purpose. Yeah. I think purpose-led leadership for me um, really comes down to the decision-making framework that organisations use to make decisions is the purpose at the centre of that framework. Right. Um, and, and also the management structure is the management structure centred around that. Because if you break down purpose-led leadership, it's not just, you know, we're here for the people. That's, in my opinion, that's not purpose-led leadership. There's backstage leadership and there's front stage leadership. Leadership, front stage leadership is how you manifest to your people. Um, and then backstage leadership are all the frameworks that govern that. Um, it's not soft. It's, this is hard stuff. This is, this is um, how organisations are run and show the operating rhythm of the organization so for me when I think about purpose-led leadership is what is the operating rhythm of the organization which allows you to fulfill that purpose and how is purpose the main decision making impetus for those decisions yeah yeah no I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there that's um I think for a lot of leaders listening they're probably thinking well at what point have we moved away from what our actual purpose is? I think maybe some people kind of go with the flow quite a bit and they don't actually sit down and ever do that. It's an accidental growth strategy. Yeah. Whereas actually having a purpose, you start off with that purpose. So I'm going to throw something a bit challenging at you here then. Over the last few, well, certainly the last two years since COVID began and the global pandemic has sort of really stretched people's potential initial purpose of why they start established, things may have changed. So if you're looking into your organisation and thinking, well, this is where we're at now, this is now our purpose, these are now our goals, and these are now the behaviours that allow need to allow us to achieve those purposes, what if there are some people that have maybe not adapted or evolved or have the old values or the old behaviours? What would you recommend? Because we don't want to make people, you know, think about getting rid of staff, but what would you suggest to those leaders, first of all? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. 
They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. So vision and purpose changing happens in organisations from time to time. You know, you probably have a a vision or a purpose um, rejuvenation every eight years, say, okay, when your brand changes. That's about the average. If from that your behaviours also change, there needs to be some change management in a period of time, call it six months, where you move the entire culture to that it takes time you can't snap your fingers and go from one culture to the next so first of all there is a period of time and when people behave say below the line or behave out of your new behavioral framework you show them what good looks like you know it takes time but you know there needs to be a line at some point and if people don't want to be part of the team and be part of the culture they are self-selecting out I am a bit you know what I have learned I've been in business for 12 years. I have learned. I've been that sucker that's kept the person on because they can build, but they have killed the culture. I've been there. I know what that feels like when you're, you know, you've got the, um, um, you've got the cuffs on because you feel you can't do anything about it. And then I know what it's like to actually have one team that is united around one culture where people operate above the line with their behaviours. And, and what I've learned is that the collective outbills the one every single time yeah it's interesting isn't it i'm going to ask you what if you if obviously we, we have a lot of our listeners are going to be billers and going to be recruiters and, and actually what you've just described that it it does happen where a business you know whether it's a, a, a leadership team or one individual will literally overnight try and change the culture and there's an absolute exodus and it's a terrible strategy it has to be something that evolves like you say maybe six months 12 months whatever but I find that really fascinating. It's almost like, you know, a a football, an English football analogy of focusing everything on the main goal striker, but actually as a team, you can probably score a lot more goals if you think that you're going to work collectively. So I find that really interesting. So it takes a, I guess, a braver leader to think about adapting and evolving, knowing that your purpose has changed. And I guess if people aren't along for the ride, then they're not part of your business anymore. It's quite- You know, I'll tell you something else, and this is probably going to be controversial, to be honest with you, but recruitment, we're an industry of small businesses. There are very few uh, really, really large recruitment. I mean, there are large recruitment agencies that are listed, but the majority of us are all small business owners and we've all been born into recruitment and we've grown up in recruitment. Few of us have come out through corporate. 
So when you think about a lot of the um, owner operators out there, I am not sure how many of them have gone to say business school or where, if they have learned about fair process leadership or if they have learned about change management or have they have learned about how to identify culture issues on the floor, how to change them. And I think that our, our industry needs to become more intelligent in how it runs as a business, as a collective business, because we're not. No. And then we've got like 55% turnover in our businesses, you know, as a, as a collective. Wow. We don't, but, you know, the, the industry does. There's an issue. Yeah, the, the attrition in recruitment is something not to necessarily be proud of, is it? Um, I totally agree with you on that. I don't know what the attrition rate here is in the UK, but it's significant. I think it's, 50, it's 53% globally. It's, a, it's horrific, that, isn't it, really? And there's a lot to be said for it. And, and maybe my rather flippant remark before about, you know, accidental success for le a lot of leaders maybe wasn't so flippant. Maybe there was a lot of substance in that. And I agree with you, you know, you don't do an MBA in recruitment necessarily. So I think what you tend to find is the landscape is, you know, significant billers reach a point in a corporate, larger business where they say, I'm going to go and set up on my own. They then grow through success of having those relationships. But what you're talking about from a strategy point of view is really important. So because, mm. because of the role that you have within the chair of 2020 exchange and your, your board role within the university. So do you think that has elevated you? Would you recommend other leaders to get involved in their industry? You know, what, do you, what changed my life is that I went to business school. So wow. this was two years ago. I started my, I would call it my formal education. I've got a medical background, so I don't have a business background. I fell out of medicine and into recruitment. And um, when I went to business school, I went to INSEAD, I started learning. Mm. And I learned things that I didn't, no one ever taught me. So recruitment doesn't teach this to you. It doesn't teach you how to run a corporation that tells you how to do business development and run a sales floor but what you're asking me today is about leadership and around how to run an organization and yeah. I went to school to learn and you know this year I'm sending eight of my leaders to um, INSEAD which is a business school so they can also learn because I think that if if you know my ELT and my management team to, can go and go and learn then the organization will grow again. I think in a way recruitment can be quite insular, can't it? Because even I'm, I'm thinking now about, you know, people bringing non-exec directors, which is phenomenal. I love that approach. They get external uh, training and development companies, co business coaches, career coaches. But and I'm being a little bit generic, but generally speaking, they're, t they're still recruiters in recruiters in recruiters. And it's all the same. You know, we've all got diff different ideas. We've all got different life experience. But actually, I don't think I've ever, of all the leaders I've interviewed, and I've, we've done well over 120 episodes by the time this goes out, I don't think anyone's ever talked about actually taking that step back and thinking about ourselves as we are business leaders. And in order to be a successful business leader, it's not just about business development and how to, how to recruit it's actually running a business it's all those different elements so that's yeah I didn't ask you at the start how did you go from medical to recruitment then what happened oh I so I hated I thought I wanted to be a doctor all my life and I hated it I did my internship year mum got cancer so I quit at the end of my internship year took care of my mum for a year and I started my first business which was a cognitive behavioral therapy business I was destined for business I was never destined to be an employee right. of a, a hospital or anyone and um, yeah, I, the, the reason why I fell into recruitment is because I had, I had no career. I had nothing. I had a, a degree with nothing more. Right. And um, I got a job at Johnson & Johnson. They hired me as a rep. And 
it was it was weird. I think I applied to Robert Half because I had an ad on on a job board that says earn $250,000 per year and I was 22 or 24 and I applied and I got a job. <laughs> there you go, all the best people yeah. do recruitment, Stella, that's, yeah. that's the case. I, I think it's, um, you know, what you talked about today is I think quite a eureka moment for a lot of people that are going to be listening. What would your advice be to leaders then if they're looking at, you know, elevating their business, how would you summarise what we've talked about today? What would the key takeaways be from today's episode? If you haven't got any formal education in running a business, go to business school. There's lots out there. Harvard, Stanford, INSEAD are the best. Um, just do yourself a favour and just enrol. Um, the other thing that I would say is culture is not just governed by values. It's governed by the rhythm of the company. So whilst you might have a picture of the culture that sits up here, the question or the, the message is, well, what's the rhythm that governs it? What's your reporting rhythm? What are your lead and lay metrics? How do you support your people to achieve it? How do you keep them accountable? What are the meetings that you have? What are the frameworks that sit around that culture? Because culture's nothing without the guardrails. Mm -hmm. And that's where the energy goes into. And that takes time. That can take years to build. Yeah, no, really kind of, I really like the thought of that because it's it, what you say there is that that's almost like the, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but that's almost like the icing on top of the cake, but all the different ingredients, the yeah. salt, eggs, the sugar are all those different components you've talked about. You can't have one without the other. That's such a good analogy, actually, like the recipe. So you've got the ingredients and the ingredients are like your vision and your purpose and your values and your behaviours. They're all the ingredients. They're all there. But mm. the method what's the method how do you put them together and for how long and to what quantities yeah it's true and the method it's a I really like that analogy anything to do with cake is a great analogy anyway <laughs> and um it's it's almost lunchtime here it's not really I'm, I'm recording this at breakfast. Uh, um but no I think that's because I like to simplify things and I think a lot, I'm quite a visual person so but I think it's really important because I think sometimes people focus on one thing more than another there's no substance to what they're doing or they're just you know just or they're so focused on those ingredients but they don't actually think about how they're going to execute it so I think that has been really enlightening and you know you've you, you know you've got such a phenomenal reputation Stella, and I can see why you just oh, thank incredible you energy and even from across the you know the other side of the world I can just feel your amazing spirit and you must just be such a wonderful person to uh, learn from and work with so thank you very much for joining us and we're really grateful for you being on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. My pleasure thanks Lisha.